Hi everybody, welcome to Fed Talks. I'm your host, EJ Fettis. I forgot to say my name wrong. Dang it, I'm not going to start over though. Um, how's everybody doing? I'm, I'm holding up. Look, it's not great, but we're muscling through. Uh, I don't really want to talk about the Oscars. That was just a giant bummer. It's like funny that Will Smith slapping Chris Rock over a joke is a thing that exists. Like the idea of it in the world is there's something funny about it, but it's also it's also bad and depressing. And every discussion of it seems to be bringing out the absolute worst in people. Uh, and I am, yeah, I don't want to get into it, man. It's, it's a bummer. It's, you know what? Cheers to Chris Rock for just taking it and continuing to go on. I mean, that's, that's a pro right there. I've talked about more than I wanted to. It's dumb. It's a one of the most famous people in the world hitting one of the mo other most famous people in the world over a joke on live television. It's stupid. Uh, a billionaire slapping a millionaire, basically. Cool. <laughs> Great world we live in, right? Um, unless I think of something while I talk, I think... I think this will just be a full TV talk episode because uh, I got nothing to say. I've talked about all my stuff. Um, doing better with being depressed. I'm not all the way, <laughs> all the way not depressed, but it's better. Um, or at least I know I know how to handle it better. Uh, doing still working real hard on exercising and eating better uh this week if trends continue i will hit 40 pounds which i don't know that seems like a lot uh like at some point i'm gonna feel okay about feeling proud of myself <laughs> but i worked hard uh i walked 10 miles on friday that was exciting and I did it just because I I got up early enough to get more steps in than usual at Meyer, And I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go for 20,000 today. And then when I hit 20,000, that's like a quarter mile short of 10 miles. So it's like, nope, we're going to do we're going to do the full 10 now. And it was exhausting. Uh, but like I said, I was proud of myself. I I. Uh, you know. I don't want to keep talking about it, it's, but it's also like all I'm doing. So it's it's hard for me to pivot to another topic. My Here's the thing is uh, uh, when I'm feeling down, I tend to immerse myself in a, a project, which sounds a little too grandiose. Like I'll fixate on something, not like full OCD, but it's like uh, just to deal with the fact that I'm depressed. I'm going to watch every James Bond movie. Or too often it equates to to amassing something like uh, I'll get all of these books or whatever, and now it's turned into me just trying to do as many steps as possible every day. 
which is less actively harmful, I suppose, than things I could be doing. So, honestly, who's the real hero here? Me. Um, man, there's so little in my life right now. I don't really have anything to to add. Um, yeah. So, hey. You know what? We're going to talk TV. First, there are uh, a couple upcoming things. The the uh, next couple Marvel shows, uh, as I record this, Moon Knight starts tomorrow. And uh, here's the thing is, I've never cared about Moon Knight. Like, his heyday was kind of when I was a little too young. And... Uh, I remember specifically his series when I was really starting to get seriously in, into comics was only sold in comic book stores and not at newsstands or Walden Books, which is where I got comics at that time. So I never even really had access to Moon Knight. And I've read some revivals here and there and none of it really clicked with me. Uh, um there was a Warren Ellis series a few years ago that I liked, but Warren Ellis turned out to be a sex predator, so uh, screw that guy. You know, the wild thing, and I really don't want to get into bummer territory, but uh, Warren Ellis basically turned out to be the same kind of creep as Chris D'Elia, and the news broke on the same day that that news broke. So so for my... my uh, my Twitter sphere was absolutely wild that day. I mean, it was it was the same day. It was crazy. Um, but uh, uh, my friend Sam, who's one of my two Marvel friends, I mean, aren't we all Marvel friends, really? But uh, my two key Marvel friends, he he messaged me the other day and was like, "What's Moon Knight's deal, and why does it look so cool?" And uh, so I tried to explain Moon Knight to him just to give him kind of the basics where it's like, well, he's he's Marvel Batman, uh, but he's also kind of tied into Egyptian mythology. And sometimes he has multiple secret identities and sometimes he thinks he's an instrument of divine vengeance. And, uh, you know, I started telling him all these things and everything I said was like, yeah, that that is cool. <laughs> Honestly, I think Moon Knight might be great. So, uh, look, this this is easily set up to be the best version of Moon Knight I've ever encountered. Um, I take that back. The best version of Moon Knight is in the video game Marvel Ultimate Alliance, where he's available as DLC. And he's one of the best characters to play because he has nunchucks and you can just plow through everything. Um, so Moon Knight looks real good. Ne by the next time we talk, I'll have watched some Moon Knight. Uh, the other one, I guess the next show in the rotation that they have a, they put out kind of a teaser for was Ms. Marvel. And uh, this is kind of the first time there's a, a Marvel show or movie with a character I am almost entirely unfamiliar with. Like this is a character that came along well after my time of keeping track of everything. Uh, and she got to be really, really popular. And I think uh, partly was that, uh, you know, it was actually a, a good series. 
and she was also uh, a young Muslim girl at a time when that was at a time I think she first appeared in like 2013 and it hasn't really changed since then but it was a very rare thing in in comics and so she was kind of at a popularity peak during the Trump administration when uh, <laughs> racism got a little more of a pass uh, on some levels so you know it's kind of this cool inspirational thing I've have not read much of her stuff uh, I've heard it's good you know I like the video game she's in um, and the thing I think is kind of there's two things I think are interesting about the trailer is uh, they changed her powers where now she has like 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 energy powers where in the comics she sort she could stretch and make parts of her body big I guess also, uh, you know, super strength and other things as well. But that's kind of her big thing was the body transformations. And now they have her doing that, but it's like a, like her big hand is an energy construct around her regular hand. And I think the reason for that is partly they want to tie her into Captain Marvel because I believe she and uh, Monica from WandaVision are both in the Captain Marvel sequel. And then they all have... Uh, they all have these energy powers that express differently and they all have ties to the Marvel name and that's kind of it's kind of fun so it makes a, a little more of a uh, a nice bridge between those characters uh, the other thing why I think they changed them is because ultimately uh, her powers are basically the same as Mr. Fantastic from the Fantastic Four and I think uh, partly it's hard to do stretching in live action and make it look good. So they're probably still working that out. But I think, I don't think they want, when they finally get their, get the Fantastic Four movie going, I don't think they want to have, uh, have this newer character get to those powers first. Which makes 100% sense to me. Uh, I understand people who are big fans of the character being a little bummed that her entire power set is different, even if they're trying to make it work the same way. Uh, but also, I'm a DC fan, and um, I have had a rough few years of my favorite characters being absolutely dumped on. Uh, and, you know, you get over it, but also, you know, there are probably... I assume they're like young women who, who, you know, maybe very young, but grew up with this character and, you know, it's a little more formative. I don't know. It's complicated. I get why they did it. I also get being bummed, but, uh, you know, it's one of those things that's, that's hard to work out, but it looks like it, it looks good. So that'll, that'll be nice. Uh, the other thing that, kind of struck me about it was I saw a lot of people online and even on Facebook where it's people I'm ostensibly friends with who after the trailer were like I wasn't going to watch this but I checked it but this actually looks pretty good and fine that's a normal human reaction but I know for a fact you have watched 27 movies and four TV shows and you were 
you are not going to watch the one about the Muslim character. Interesting where you draw your line, my friend. Ah, uh, hey, I can't promise this is me being done talking about superheroes, but isn't it weird how people sort of stop talking about the Batman really quickly? I mean, you know, I talked about it. I liked it. I thought the last hour was perfect. Uh, I'm definitely pro the Batman. I would like to see more movies set in this world. And it seemed like everybody was, you know, the reviews are good. The audience reaction is, is good, except for the Zack Snyder people who get mad at every DC movie that doesn't explicitly reflect Zack Snyder's vision. And then they post screenshots where they try to prove that the Batman stole from Zack Snyder movies. And it's like, yes, as my cousin said, Zack Snyder invented walking and looking up. Uh, but, you know, like uh, right before Christmas when Spider-Man came out, it was a big hit. But it felt like it stuck around for a few weeks. I don't mean like in theaters, but it, it, it is still playing, but. Like, as a cultural thing, people were still talking about it. And I feel like inside of like a week and a half, that was that we were we were talked out about Batman. And part of it, I wonder, is if it's this is a crazy thing for me to say, but I think there's too much Batman. And. Uh, this is kind of DC's mess right now where they don't have like Marvel is really trying to bring everything into line together. They've had some outliers like the, uh, you know, agents of shield and the Netflix shows that don't quite fit in, but now it's all under kind of the same banner. And, uh, you know, you have a clear idea of who, of who everybody is. Whereas DC's got a bunch of shows on the CW that are not connected to the movies, and some of them are explicitly set in different timelines than one another. And, you know, there's a Batman in this movie, but there's also a Flash movie coming out now next year. It's been pushed back again. Uh, that's going to have two different Batman, neither of whom are this one. And... Uh, there's a Batgirl movie on HBO Max that is also a different Batman and uh, the upcoming animated series is yet another Batman and the audio drama is still a different one and uh, I feel like it's as much as I, I love a bunch of different Batman stuff and I welcome different takes uh I feel like right now what people want is sort of a unified take on these characters. And uh, right now we have at least three different movie Batman and it's, uh, you know, I know the DC stuff hasn't caught on the way that the Marvel stuff has largely because it's a lot of it's been very bad, but uh, it feels like I think even to people who are casually interested when you do something like like the Batman that's uh, definitively different from what's sort of established as being the shared like the shared continuity it feels less like it counts uh, and I think that's something they've sort of made their bed and now they have to figure out what to do there 
Plus, there's just this this internal nonsense, like uh, the the Peacemaker finale. I swear, I talk about Peacemaker every week, and it might be my favorite show of the year. Uh, it's easy, a little early to call nine months in or three months in with nine months to go. But uh, there's a thing in the finale where the Justice League shows up, and only two of them you can actually see their faces. <laughs> Uh, Flash and Aquaman actually appear and have dialogue and the actors are there. Uh, and Superman and Wonder Woman are in shadow. <laughs> and they've had this problem before where it looks like it's a cheap knockoff and they don't have the rights to use Superman, even though they, they explicitly do. It's, <laughs> they own Superman. You know, it's like, okay, they couldn't get, get Gal Gadot to show up and they don't know who plays Superman now. It's... Honestly, it's all sort of like uh, if the other Spider-Man in, in No Way Home had been actors you had never seen play Spider-Man before. And that's just what feels like it's going on there and it breaks my heart. Just, there's worse things in the world to be sure, but criminy man get your act together as long as i'm complaining about stuff uh a few tv things that ej did not like and i'm only noting them because it seems like they'd be up my alley uh the the halo tv show that's on paramount plus that based on all the credits looks like it was developed for showtime and uh i suspect after burning through two showrunners in one season they were not happy with the results, so they they buried it on their uh, uh, fairly marginal streaming service, quite frankly. And uh, I look, I'm not the biggest Halo guy in the world. I have there are many of the games I haven't played. I don't remember the lore, but uh, this just wasn't good. Like. It seems to be very hard to do a good adaptation of a video game anyway. Uh, partly because I think the appealing thing about the video game is the level of control that you have. And so your relationship with uh, with uh, uh, Nathan Drake or Master Chief or Commander Shepard or Banjo-Kazooie or whoever is different than your relationship with uh, Spider-Man or Popeye Doyle from The French Connection. Uh, those are characters you watch. Video game characters are characters you control. And now you are they're being put in a, a story where you're being told, shut up and let just let them do their thing. As opposed to, uh, uh, you know, they've taken away how you interact with them. And I think that is ultimately a strike against any video game adaptation. Uh Obviously, if you don't play video games, that doesn't affect you. But I also cannot imagine a sane human being who doesn't care about video games going, oh, this Halo show looks pretty good. Um, and it's and the thing is, if they had made it in the 90s and it had been part of the syndicated action pack with Hercules and Xena and... Uh, uh, Cleopatra 2525 and you know Relic Hunter uh, I feel like Relic Hunter was not actually part of the action pack but it did exist 
um, uh, you know, with this exact script, it would have been, hey, this is surprisingly fun. But, you know, that was 1993 and Robert Tapert would, would have shot it in New Zealand for $20,000. This is something that cost millions of dollars in 2022 and it's just not at a at an acceptable level of quality, quite frankly. Um, also, as it's been over for long enough, there's not really, I don't need to get into it too much, but uh, the Book of Boba Fett, I closed that book and never came back. I watched two episodes and I was like, this is not for me. And... I just stopped. Uh, Sam told me the last two episodes that are basically actually just episodes of The Mandalorian were worth watching, but I'll watch them before season three. But I just, I don't know, man. Nothing about that show was working for me. It turns out I don't care about Boba Fett, and they didn't give me a reason to. Like, literally, the only thing I like about Boba Fett is his armor. And there's already a TV show about a guy with Boba Fett armor that is good. And also, he never wears his armor in the show, really. So a lot of times he's just a, <laughs> just a 55-year-old man looking parched. Uh, just, I don't know. I just didn't enjoy it. It was very, uh, I don't know. Like, the, it's, it's most of the same creators as The Mandalorian. And they're their whole approach to making TV, which seems to be banging action figures against one another, was kind of charming there, and here it just grated on me. Uh, uh, that's all I got. I didn't care for it. Uh, I'm going to give Kenobi a shot when that comes out soon, but, man. that you, Also, the thing... This makes me unreasonably angry is when a Star Wars TV show brings in a character from an animated series and acts like I know who they are. And I don't, and I'm not going to find out. If you don't give me enough uh, information in this show, they will just be background noise. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, don't tell me, well, you should watch The Clone Wars. I'm not going to watch The Clone Wars. There's like a, There's like 200 episodes... And even the most passionate defense I've heard of it was somebody who began with saying, it starts to get good in season three. And also emphasizing, you do have to watch the first two seasons so that so that uh, things make sense. But I'm not going to do that. You bring in a character that, and I, you know, I'm, I know enough nerd osmosis stuff that I can, like I know some of these references, I can sort of, visually identify characters I've never seen in a thing before. Like, I don't really know who Cad Bane is, but I know that's a guy, and when you show me a picture of him, I'm like, yeah, that's Cad Bane. But the fact that they want me to know who that is makes me so mad. It's... I had... It's... I had a similar thing with Halo, where, like... It's weird what kind of fan service bothers me and what doesn't. And I may even be defining it wrong, but fan service to me is something that's just meant to meant to nudge the the diehards a little and go, huh? Huh? See, look what we remembered. Or here's the thing you thought would be cool when you were a kid and we're gonna do it. 
and usually it's it's overbearing because usually the things we want to see happen are like Stan Lee said never give the audience what they think they want uh but there's sometimes like like peacemaker being set in Charlton County uh because Charlton was the original publisher of peacemaker and DC bought that character and some others uh like to me that's cute that's a neat little bit I go huh that's funny but in Halo, every time they cut to a point of view shot and there, and the screen looks like the HUD display from the video game, I get furious. I feel like they are trying to pander to me and it's failing and I'm so mad. Look, none of it's rational. I can't account for how I'm reacting to this, uh, but it's how I'm reacting. And uh, take a hike. That said, I'll probably still watch Halo because it's, I don't know. There's enough stuff moving around on screen and, uh, you know, it's pleasant, a pleasant background thing while I'm working on something else, maybe, because I'm not going to engage with it, but things are blowing up and there's lasers. I've gotten like 11 texts in the last few minutes. And I was, I was included on a text chain yesterday that frankly, I had no business being on. And, uh, and now, and I don't know most of the people on, here's the thing is I know most of the people on it, but I don't know them well enough that I have their numbers in my phone. So everybody replying to the text chain, I only see a phone number. So I don't even know who it is. And, you know, every, almost everything that happened could be dealt with by, uh, uh, replying only to the initiator of the text but it's not happening and people keep doing their bits and uh, suddenly I'm getting, I'm getting, you know, 30 texts. It's like, I, I, I didn't ask for this. How dare you include me? Uh, boy, I'm doing a lot of complaining. I've eaten up most of my time with my complaints. Let me bust out a couple things that are, are good. Uh, I mentioned keep talking about peacemaker it's so fun uh you know what's really good is severance which is on apple plus and i feel like nobody has apple plus even though the apple plus movie won uh won the best picture oscar last night which feels like very dystopian somehow like that just shouldn't be also it's weird that uh like streaming services that do movies usually do not release them on physical media or put them on iTunes where you could rent them or, uh, you know, Redbox them. So unless you subscribe to the right service, that's just a best picture winner that you can't see. And I know, you know, generally you have to pay money to see a movie, but it's, it's weird that there are things that unless you decide to pay a monthly fee for a service or remember to cancel it after a month, just like, yeah, the best picture winner of 2021 is not available to you. It's very weird. Um, it's a bad system, I guess, unless you're Netflix, you should probably think about doing a physical release or at least putting it on iTunes or even the competitor Amazon to rent for two ninety nine because if I see something that looks good, 
uh, a movie that looks good, but I have to subscribe to a monthly service, that's just going to be a movie that I will forget about. I'll subscribe for a TV show and then forget, and then just it's part of my life from then on. Uh, so get it together, streaming services. Uh, but like a severance is... Severance... See, I'm getting so burned out on... Uh, adaptations of things like uh which i know sounds hypocritical because i've talked about looking forward to moon knight and how much i like peacemaker and blah 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 i know yes those are adaptations of things but like you know something like there's so little originality in in a halo tv series uh i mean so i guess i've watched one episode who knows maybe it'll become wildly inventive but uh, something like Severance is, is all new with this really, really fun kind of out there premise where, okay, the basic thing is there's this, this company where the employees have their brains sectioned off. So they, when they are at work, they have no memory or knowledge of their outside selves. Like they're literally a different person at work. And then when they leave the building, that part switches off and their outside self takes control again. And uh, Adam Scott is the, is the star. And part of the idea is that he agreed, took this job here and agreed to this procedure because he is still grieving his wife. And this is a thing where he basically has eight hours a day where he doesn't think about her, which is terrifying. And, but there's, a, there's, there's so much to work with and the fact that these people essentially have two lives. Uh, Adam Scott's best work friend gets fired and he's upset about that at work and then outside of work, he d is not aware of any changes and doesn't recognize the man when he sees him out in the world uh it's it's really there there's it explores some really really cool ideas there's the uh uh lead female like her name is i want to say it's hallie hallie uh i'm blanking right now uh it's mostly because most of the people on the show are too famous and i think of them by their actual names because, like, John Turturro and Patricia Arquette and Christopher Walken are all on this show. It is wild. And, like, the one non-famous guy in the in the office, like, in the main office, is uh, Zach Cherry, who's a comedian who's been in a bunch of Marvel stuff. He's the guy who tells Spider-Man to do a flip. And then he's in, in Shang-Chi. He's the guy who's narrating his bus battle. And it took me a while to realize that was where I knew him from. But so now he's do a flip guy. So I am bad on the character names. But the, the lead female, she's the one who's she's kind of the point of view at the beginning of the show because it's her first day. She hates being there and keeps trying to quit. And every time she manages to do so, including uh, through threats of violence, every time she just shows back up in the morning with a recorded message from her outside self telling her, no, you don't get to quit. This is our job. <laughs> uh, 
and it's it's great. It's so fun. Uh, it's uh, Ben Stiller directed the first few episodes, and uh, it's got this really cool. I'm saying cool too much. It's got this really unique look to it. It's very sterile when it's in the office, and they are not afraid to go for long, long takes. Like I think in the first episode, there's 82 seconds of somebody walking down a hallway. And it's it's really effective and sort of uh, uh, off-putting in a way that really kind of keys you in. It's great. It's this totally new idea, and what they're doing with it is great, and I'm I'm really interested in it. It's, yeah, it's maybe the best thing I'm watching right now. Uh, I am also enjoying Winning Time, the the Lakers show on on uh, HBO. The one Adam McKay did. Uh, I know very little about basketball history, so everything is new and surprising to me, but it's very well done. Uh, Minx, a show about feminist porn in the 70s. Uh that's you know what that's very good it's really it's really funny uh um jake johnson is this great dirtbag uh and uh lennon parham who you might know from comedy podcasts and appearing on every tv show at some point is uh plays the main character's older sister and she is so funny um you know what? Let me just say this about uh, uh, Lennon Pyram. She and her frequent collaborator, Jessica St. Clair, uh, back in the days of my old website, Spunky Bean, uh, they were two of the people who were absolutely the nicest and most supportive of us. Every time we wrote about them or one of their projects, they would they would tweet about it, and we'd just have this huge increase in readership. Um. They were said very nice things. Uh, they are on the very short list of... Uh, I used to do a thing at the end of every year called the Spunky Awards, where I would usually just make up categories. I mean, obviously, I made up categories. It's not like they were set in stone by the gods. Uh, and, you know, sometimes they'd just be ridiculous. And after a few years of doing it, uh, back when we were almost successful, uh, certain people made a point on Twitter of accepting their award and they both did that and that was very kind of them. Uh, Lennon still follows the Spunky Bean Twitter account which has been inactive for a while and uh, Jessica follows me personally. Um, they just two of the absolute nicest, most supportive people. So if they're doing a thing, be sure you watch it because they are, they are nice people who deserve it. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Her show Minx is is very good. Um. I've only watched the first two, and I'm a couple behind, so I'll have more to say later, probably. Uh. The second season of Dicktown, the animated John Hodgman series that is based on an idea. Well, it's not based on an idea I had. It is an execution of an idea that I pitched to somebody else. Uh. While this show was in development. I am not for one moment uh, saying that that uh, I own the idea of of a grown-up boy detective. But I did pitch a grown-up boy detective show and say I pictured one of the leads as John Hodgman. But again, this 
the first season was already being uh, animated when that happened. Uh, hey, here's a weird thing, and this is this is getting deep into into uh, podcast talk, but that uh, that my boy my boy detective show, which I pitched as starring Paul F. Tompkins and John Hodgman, two people I do not have a way to contact or any ability to deliver, and yet I wrote the main characters as them. Uh, the title was The Awesome Detective Agency, which my agent told me was the worst title he'd ever heard. And considering uh, uh, my other, some of my other pilots, uh, that he was okay with the titles, uh, included Korg the Perceptive and Fight Force 2000. Um, which, you know, the idea was that was what they called their detective agency when they were kids. And there was a uh, a podcast I listened to last week with uh, Will Hines, who's a really great improviser. And he, and I cannot tell if it was in character or he was letting slip a thing about his life, but he was talking about how he had pitched a detective pilot called The Awesome Detective Agency. <laughs> so both my premise and my title <laughs> were, were also... Uh, also, better people than I came up with them. So uh, that one, I might have to just just put that in the ground. Uh, Sam told me I should rewrite it where they have a they, they they're a blues cover band instead of a detectives. <laughs> Which would actually be easier to make those changes to the pilot than you think. I'm not good at writing detective stuff. Um. Boy, we might as well just call it now. I've wandered a bit. I mostly complained this episode. I don't like to do that. It's a bummer. So let me talk about something I have no complaints about. Teasedbysummer.com Guys, we're getting to t-shirt weather. Uh, and look, I don't mean to make any bold claims that I can't back up. I'm moving into a t-shirt body. So let's get stocked up on teas by summer yeah you still get the mugs the mugs are great you should own them you should also get the uh get the water bottle because it's kind of a perfect size for a for like a medium walk it's small enough you can like clip it to your belt without it being a pulling your pants down issue but it's substantial enough that you will you will get enough water that you can go out on a hot day and you walk for an hour walk for an hour and a half you're all set you got this nice water bottle. It's convenient. It's great. I love it. Uh, t-shirts. We, you know how you know how tremendous these shirts are. I've talked about them so many times. Uh, they are great. She is such a talented designer. Uh, really funny. Just and really, really appealing. Like you know, somebody I think you should leave stuff has elements of the grotesque to it, and yet it looks really wonderful. Uh, just the best. I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, besides you, that you should go to teasebysummer.com and buy something. It's just so good. It's look, you like good things, right? Come on. If you don't like good things, we got bigger problems than, than your lack of good t-shirts, right? Uh, so that, you know, start with a good thing. 
and move on to more good things. And uh, teasedbysummer.com is the place to start your journey with liking good things. Um, hard to believe that was not that was an unscripted ad, huh? <laughs> that's that's all I got, guys. I'm unclear about what of what uh mostly i've ugh. you know what i can't talk it's been a long day it's a long weekend it's been a long day i'm just muddling through to the end uh i apologize if the quality was not up to your standards it is free uh and you know you knew i was a scorpion when you picked me up uh, that said, write a review on iTunes. A good review. If you don't like it, you can just email me and tell me you don't like it, as people have done. I do appreciate that they aren't leaving bad reviews, but they are writing me mean emails. Uh, that's fedtalks at yahoo.com. You can reach me on Twitter uh, at EJFettis or on Instagram at EJ underscore Fettis. Different names because I... Started the at EJ Fettis account in probably 2018 when I was drunk and I just horny followed a bunch of Instagram models and now I'm so ashamed of it and I cannot. Uh, I've just that account is just buried. It's just my pure horny account that I'm like, wow, what was going through, what was going through my heart and mind on that day. I'm not proud of it. I'll admit it. So, yeah. Before I forgot the password, I managed to lock that account so you aren't even able to follow it. And I don't think I've ever posted. It was... I really sound like a prize, don't I? <laughs> yeah, an Instagram account. I had to shut down because I was drunk and horny. Cool. Had a great guy. Uh, the apive.com is where I sometimes write stuff. Um trying to get off my butt and get some more stuff written but uh work and uh uh you know there's a lot of factors that are making me bad at things but show your support anyway uh show your support what like donate to my patreon i don't have a, there's no way for you to show your support for me other than slapping me on the back and saying hey good job you tried hard at least uh, that's it for me. I'll see you guys next week. I'll try to come up with a topic beforehand. Um, I make no promises, but I'm, I, I can't promise to try, but I'll try to try. And now I'm just straight up stealing lines from Homer Simpson and presenting them as original thoughts. This is going very badly. Thanks. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Fed Talks is a Faux Boys production. Wee, 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 wee.